episode 20 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles, Breaking the Mould. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 20 of Fitness Behaviour, your monthly podcast on all the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that you get alongside it. Well, it's just about 10 o'clock at night and I'm on a Friday night here in Auckland. I'm up in Auckland to do a Body Attack DVD now for those of you in the Les Mills world who know what I do, I, I do... Um, the next Body Attack release, and I think we're doing 78 this week, and for those of you who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, uh, Les Mills is the group fitness kind of part of my world that I do, and they have these big events every three months, and so I'm up in Auckland to do one of these events, and it was Friday night, and, and I have to admit on a day I was so behind on this show, so I thought, oh, well, I'll nuttle down and get the show done tonight, so I know how to party in Auckland, I tell you, I'm looking outside my window now, and it's quite cool where I'm staying because it's very apartment living. So you've got all these apartments across from me and you kind of get a window into other people's lives. But maybe maybe I shouldn't talk about that on the show. And then I've got a beautiful view of the Harbour Bridge and stuff like that as well. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, last month's show. So last month's show was really fascinating. It was, um, was kind of one of the shows I'm most proud of because... Um, a lot of the ideas I get from for this show is from experiences I've had or from books I've read or, or I'll read a book and... Um, I'll bring together, um, you know, some concept of a book and put a fitness angle on it and, and think about my experience or the experiences I've dealt with with people in fitness on that. And uh, last month's show was, no, I kind of think that, I don't know if it's definitely an original idea, but the, the process challenge was definitely something that kind of wasn't necessarily something that came from somebody else, it more just came from my experience and um, some thoughts I'd had in certain areas. And I must say, I've had so much feedback on that show and, and the amount of PDFs that you guys have bought from that show has been absolutely massive. So, um, And all the feedback I got was really positive. So just thank you to everyone for doing that. And before I kind of get into this month's show, I, th- I thought I'd just spend a couple of minutes. I went on iTunes this month. I don't iTunes have been really good to the show. They um, in Australia and New Zealand right now, they are currently put it on the front page of all podcasting. They're doing a promotion for the show, which is kind of mind blowing for me because they did it about three months ago for about nearly six weeks in, and it's literally been two months off, and it's back on there again. So, for if you're the person at iTunes listening, thank you so much for doing that. But I kind of went on iTunes recently, and I, and I don't really go and read the reviews that often. But I thought I'd just go in around the world and check out what different people have said about the show. And um, I just want to say thank you so much to the people who have written uh, feedback on the iTunes. I'm just going to read a couple out because they really blew my mind. I've got one from a lady called Natalie Morgans and it's got, I downloaded this podcast based on the reviews on here and to get more prone to fitness behaviours. Little did I know how much it would impact my life. Bevan James Owens is absolutely captivating and really motivates you to seeing the bigger picture and the harder work and the right way to teach you, to, uh, the right way to reach your goals you set for yourself. If you're reading this now, please, please, please download the first episode. You will not be disappointed. And then underneath her, um, a guy called Tommy the Gino, he's got, um, Bevan has an amazing gift of making a connection with my exercise demons each time he releases a podcast. Whether it's um, looking at action triggers for negative behaviours, recognising the feelings of guilt that missing exercise, eating badly create, or examining the superficial aspects of exercise that the fitness industry concentrates on, this podcast is an intelligent and thought-provoking listen. I love the way that Bevan gives you practical advice on taking your life forward and you can apply these tips to improve productivity in lots of different areas of your life, such as relationships and work as well as exercise. Too often successful athletes like to give the impression that their abilities are down to just hard work or innate skill. Bevan shows us that success is actually down to attitude and psychology and that improvement is possible for anybody. He also points out that we will fail sometimes, the odd cake or night out in front of the telly, but that doesn't mean we should give up. Very inspirational and encouraging. Well done, Bevan, keep it up. So, I don't know, that was, I don't know, it was kind of like, wow, it kind of blew my mind. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody anywhere around the world who's going onto iTunes and just giving feedback about the show. To be honest, it's, it's kind of one of the biggest ways podcasts get out there is um, iTunes kind of dominates the podcasting arena. So if you do have a bit of time and you want to go check one on iTunes, you know, I really appreciate it. And, you know, there's plenty I've read over the last few days and 
Um, I, I always say this, but I really always mean it. I really appreciate all the positive feedback you guys give me because it just encourages me to keep on developing myself and developing content, which helps you guys grow. Anywho, that's my little rant for this month. Uh, I'm going to pretty much get into this month's show. It's, it's a show that um, I've, been, I've actually been meaning to do for a long time, and I've always been putting it off because new concepts would come into my mind, or, or you know, something would come up that I really wanted to do a show on. But this show is kind of uh, it's an interesting one. You, you, you know what? I'm going to put the music on and let's get into it. curious with the the idea of what is a life well lived you know what is a great life you know and we and we there's obviously the traditional role models around you know political figures and um sporting people or, or people like Sir Edmund Hillary who was the first person to climb Mount Everest and and then went on to do amazing more and more amazing feats in his time and and I'm always curious around what you know what is it that creates an amazing life and not just for those kind of high level people who get a lot of spotlight around, you know, the things that they've achieved in their life, but just for the everyday person. A few years ago, I did a, an, an exercise from NLP. Now, NLP, I've talked about on the show before, neuro-linguistic programming, and it's, it's a type of, um, the, the concept is, is um, the languages we use to, to program our mind really and it's actually a lot more <laughs> complex than that and there's a lot of stuff around it and to be honest I'm not an expert on it but I've done some reading on it and I've done there's a really great book I read which had a lot of practical skills around it one which I really loved as I'll go to a side note is that it did this whole visualization process around meeting yourself in the eyes of someone who loved you which I thought was quite cool but another one of the ones they had was um meeting yourself as an old person and so the whole situation was there was a there was a series of visualization processes and you actually had to get someone else to read it out to you and they painted a picture of seeing yourself from the third person so seeing yourself from outside yourself and then seeing yourself from within yourself as an old person talking to yourself right now and uh, you just basically had to kind of find that place within yourself and then you had a conversation with that person and it was, it was a really nice experience for me, to be honest, because the old version of me, I don't know, for you, the listeners who are out there who might think this is a real eerie fairy, it was, it was a nice experience because the old version of me just said, you know what, you're going to be all right. And for me, that kind of was all I needed. It was quite reassuring. But if I go back to that whole idea of what is a great life and, and if I were to actually meet you know, in some strange magical world where I could meet the real version of myself. Like that was more, you know, a reassuring kind of experience. And it was a really great experience for me. But if I were to really almost interview myself as an old man, what would be the stories I would tell of my life? As I sat down there in an interview room, imagine it. Imagine, you know, I'm a 60 Minutes reporter and I get an opportunity to meet myself as an old man, and and I want to explore the stories of this person's life. If that old version of myself was considered to have lived a, a rich and full life, and, you know, a really fulfilled life, I imagine I would have a lot of amazing stories and a lot of amazing experiences to share with myself. Now, this is sounding really confusing. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't just put it me on me, but... You know, like imagine, you know, like when you sit down with someone who has an amazing life, they have, it's almost like they have, you know, if if there was a story to write to their life, it would be, be many novels long because they have just experienced so many different types of things in life. Where, where am I going with this, I suppose, is, is probably the, the best question to have. I think a great life really comes down to exposing yourself to many as many great experiences that life has to offer in front of you to take those opportunities and, and to embrace them and to not be afraid of them and, and to to embrace those experiences that will develop you and grow you and, and provide you with lessons and, and relationships and opportunities that you would have never seen if you weren't willing to move towards experience in life and I suppose the question that then goes alongside that is, is, if, is your life just a habit? Is your life just the same thing over and over again? You wake up at 
7, you watch the news, you drive to work, you do pretty much the same thing at your job every day. Lunchtime, you do the same thing. You go home, you watch some TV, spend some time with friends, maybe family, go to bed, wake up the next day and do the same thing. I'm gonna. It's, this is going to be one of those stupid little Bevan theories, but it's funny, when you're younger, people always say to you that the older you get, the faster time seems to go. But I kind of wonder if, if it's more that the more you live in a life of just one habit, that life is just a repeat pattern of itself over and over again, does time fly that way because there's nothing that's separating your life? And this kind of comes from some experience I've had. I had a like I've I think I live a pretty pretty good experience rich life. I, like I don't think I'm definitely the most experienced seeker out there. But and when, when I talk about experience, I'm not saying you know jumping off and bungee jumping. I'm just saying exposing yourself to different things in life, to different opportunities in different areas. It might be meeting people. It might be you know I'm going to go into some things around how to to embrace experience moving forward. But there was a time, particularly you know a couple of years ago where I just had this time where I was just experiencing lots of different life experiences. I, I, I was traveling a lot. I was meeting a lot of new people. I was racing and doing lots of races. I was, um, just lots of new experiences that, you know, that I wasn't normally doing. And so I was just, and I was kind of like all the time I was just going, bang, bang, here's new experience, more new experiences. And the fascinating thing was, was when I was in that place, time seemed to go slower. You know, whereas traditionally most people you get to June, July, and people go, oh my God, I can't believe it's June, July. The year's just about halfway gone. I was going to get into June, July, and I was like, whoa, I can't believe it's June, July. Like, this seems, this year seems to have been going forever. And, and it really made me understand, or, or from my own experience, it really made me think about the idea of, well, the more experience I have, the more... I don't know if longer my life seems and longer in a better way, but it, it you know, if it just didn't seem to fly by. And it did teach me that actually maybe it's the habit of just turning up and repeating your life over and over again that makes you feel life is just flying by. Now as I talk to this, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you guys listening probably can identify with this. You probably know deep down that there is an aspect of everyone's life which is a repeat habit. And you know what? We need that. There is... We are creatures of comfort, and comfort does often come from habit. So we, 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 you know, it's kind of our natural tendency to seek that habit and that comfort. Life would be chaotic if it was just always, you know, just you know, there's no habit at all. There's no structure to the way you live your life. That's probably not the way we want to go. But then, in seeking that comfort and that habit of life. Do we actually close off ourselves to a lot of experiences and opportunity to develop ourselves, to grab ourselves and, and move us towards experiences that will actually make us better people? It's almost like it's almost like that in taking comfort on board, we neglect what experiences can offer. And comfort kind of works, so you kind of don't think that you need those other things in your life. But then maybe because you sit in a place of comfort, you end up just living in this place of habit and then you suddenly think that time is flying as you get older and man, time just goes by. Like if you, you know, if you do do it based on age, if you look at the, um, you know, your teenage years through to your early 20s, what are you doing those years? You're exploring life. You're trying to find out your place in the world. So first of all, you expose yourself to lots of different people and you're looking for experiences. So you, you kind of do some things, you know, for a lot of people, they do drugs and alcohol and, and for a lot of people, they'll try different sports and, you know, you're kind of just throwing yourself out there in those times and you're you're trying to find your place in this world. It, you know, it's a part of that age and then you kind of hit your early 20s and you might be studying. So you're exposing yourself to a lot of different people and you and you expose yourself to different ways of thinking and, and so on. And then maybe, and I know I'm kind of st making this stereotypical right now, but then maybe you get to a moment in life where, you know, you, you get a mortgage, you get family and, and then all those things, you know, those seeking of discovering life become less important because other priorities have come in place. And then comfort becomes the goal, and then, you know, suddenly life seems to go so much faster because you're just living the habit that you've always lived. So I suppose what is the message of today's podcast? Where am I going with all this? When you live a life 
that is moving towards experience. I kind of believe deep down that you will live a much more richly fulfilled life and that our world gives us plenty of amazing opportunities to live an experience-rich life. But sometimes, when we seek comfort, we are not open to those experiences, so we're not really getting the opportunity to live that life. Think about your life right now. Think about the opportunities you turn down in your life. The opportunities to, to, to you know go out and do something with a friend who you know maybe you got a friend who's a kayaker and they say come out kayaking and it all seemed just a little bit hard to you so you kind of stayed home or that time when you know your friends say let's go out Saturday night and you just, you kind of it just seems like hard work say no no I can't be bothered you sit at home you watch TV and, and you think stuff oh, I probably should have gone out and then there's the time you did go out and you had a great night because you went out with your friends and you kind of thought to yourself when you got home. Oh, I'm so glad I went out. I would have just sat home and watched TV by myself. Next time I'll make sure I do it. Now those are minor examples. But life does offer us so many opportunities for life-enriching or self-enriching experiences that will help you discover things in yourself that you never knew were possible. If you think back to times in your life where you've had these massive growth spurts or times where you felt you really developed yourself, those will often come from exposing yourself to new experiences. And then ultimately, I, I suppose, if we are trying to to grow ourselves, then the more we can understand that having a, having a mindset of ourselves that I want to move towards amazing experiences, I understand that helps me in my growth pattern moving forward. It's, it's a really interesting subject, and it's a subject I um, really started contemplating myself a while ago. And I, it's it's a it's kind of I have in my mind always to myself is you know move towards experience. Like I, I think I did my affirmation show once, and um, and I talk about you know in my affirmations, you know I have that saying move towards experiences because because actually we tend to find moving towards new experiences a really hard thing to do. And if I go back to that idea of, you know, we do seek comfort in life and, and comfort is important, but then to move towards a new experience does present us with a lot of emotions and, and um, thoughts within our head that are very confronting and very challenging. So then I, I suppose the next step in the process is to wonder how can we put ourselves in a mindset towards moving towards new experiences in our life and, and I suppose the first place to start with is to, to almost like the affirmation I just talked about is to give yourself that rule that when new experiences are, are presented to me I'm going to put my hand up and there's a few kind of concepts I want to talk to around what you can do to to add new experiences into your life and and the first thing I think is is often when we think about experiences, we tend to go to the things we know really well. Like you might have an area of life where you're kind of already strong. And so when you think about, I need to add more experiences to my life or I need something new, you tend to just go to that strength area. And it kind of makes sense really, because if we go back to comfort, if you want to, you know, step forward towards experience, you know, why would you not go towards the thing that you're already strong at? But I wonder if you were willing to to move towards experiences in areas that you weren't so strong at, would it be a more enriching, enriching experience? You know, let's say you've been a triathlete for years and you've done a few Ironman, you've done a few, you know, Olympic races. Those are the longer versions and shorter versions of the triathlon sport. You know, and you're kind of thinking you need something else, so you might try to go to an exotic race, which may be a little bit more challenging than you've done before. Now, that in itself would provide you, you know, might go, okay, I'm going to do, there's this race called the Norseman, and it's, it, you you basically climb a mountain, it's kind of epic and crazy, and, you know, that experience for a triathlete is, is kind of totally different to something that a triathlete would normally do if they were to do an Ironman. But it's still kind of within their world of comfort. But imagine if that person were to go, do you know what I'm going to do this time? I'm not going to do an Ironman. I'm going to go do a surf camp in Hawaii. And it's going to be a surf camp for beginner surfers where you spend three weeks and, you know, where the weather's always going to be good and the waves are perfect and you start on a longboard and, and over those three weeks you're going to develop your skills and all the rest of it towards, you know, getting better at surfing. 
that's a real extreme example, you know, like, you know, if you're a triathlete, why would you go into a surfing course? But I wonder if you did, what would be the experience you gained from that? Like, it's one thing I love about music. I, I play music and, um, you know, you, you always hear me talking about music. And one of the things I love about playing with musicians is that, you know, in the fitness world, there's things people talk about, you know, there's my world has this conversation and that, you know, there might be 10 different things that we all talk about. And, and, and I, I remember the first time I played with a band when I'd you know, I played in bands when I was a kid, but when I played in a band, once I'd been doing fitness and I turned up to band session and, you know, normally in the fitness world, you, you know, you're always talking about fitness and some people are anal about their nutrition and image and all the rest of it. Where, you know, I turned up to band session and I, first of all, I had a guy in my band who was like a ZZ top and he was smoking away. And then I had this old guy who was this really like awesome sly guitarist. And, you know, I was just some young fit dude. And, and then we had this girl singer who was a school teacher. So it was a real diverse range of people. And, and they asked what I did and I said, oh, I work in fitness. And they didn't care. They didn't care. They wanted to make music with me. They wanted to share their musical experience with me. And I met a range of people who... I would never meet in the fitness world, and they were interesting, and they, and they, you know, they they were totally different to the mold of my fitness world. That's not to say that I don't like the people in my fitness world, but I grew because I exposed myself to different people. And if you go to the, you know, the okay, you go to Norseman, if you do that longest race, you're going to meet more of the type of people that you meet where you're in the triathlon world. Where if you go to a surfing camp. You're going to meet people who have completely different values, completely different ways of living, and, and they'll open up your thinking to different different ways of living your life. But you also have experiences that are totally new to you. Like I often think that that's almost one of the problems of being great at something is that, again, as we look forward for experiences, we tend to go towards the thing we are great at. But if you went to a surfing camp, you would be, like let's say you're a really good triathlete, and you did really well at all your races and that, and, and you know, there's a lot of ego and all that stuff that comes along with it, but then you decide to do a surfing camp, you're going to be highly likely one of the worst people there. But that experience of being the worst person there will be really valuable. And I wonder, would you get more out of that experience as a person in your sense of development than just doing another thing that may be slightly different in an area that you're really strong that's one way, one way of looking at experiences, you know, like how can you plan to include different experiences into your life? I suppose it's, if we're going to put a title on that one is how can you plan to expose yourself to different experiences in life that are outside of the normal way you look of having experiences? Another way to think about experiences is to consider what are the ones that you're missing or the opportunities that you see every day in your life? to put your step forward towards experience that you don't take. I thought I'd share an experience. See, I'm saying experience. So, sorry that I'm saying experience so much in the show, but I, I thought I'd share a time, <laughs> a time with you where this was really aware to me. And uh, I went away camping with my mate Porno and a few of his friends a couple of years ago to a place called Wanaka in, in South Island of New Zealand. And it's, it's paradise. It's beautiful. We stay in a place called Glendu Bay and, and uh, the, the the people we stay with are just the most lovely bunch of people and just good-hearted people, you know. You just spend time with them and, yeah, and then they're not necessarily my friends. They're more Porno's friends, but, um, by the way, Porno, <laughs> that's a bad nickname, I know. <laughs> it's only Porno because it rhymes with Shawno. Shawno the Porno, I, I know. it's Shawno, you'll probably listen to this right now, having a bit of a laugh. But anyway, we, we went on camping and, and these guys, you know, uh, they live for life and we went to this rock there's this kind of little, um, there's a river area where you can kind of, you know, go down and go, there's a swimming hole. And at the swimming hole, you could climb up, you know, a rock that would probably maybe be maybe two stories high, maybe a little bit higher than two stories and, and jump into the water. And when we arrived, there was, you know, these young guys jumping off the rock and I went to my real comfort place because I knew that deep down, well, I knew that the crew were going to start jumping off the rock. So, you know, everyone has got into water and, you know, and everyone was kind of doing that, you know, climb up the rock and look over the edge and be a little bit worried and, you know, but pretty much all the guys within the group I was in jumped off the rock. And I sat there the whole time, knowing what I know as I talk about in the show, thinking to myself, this is an experience that I can have in life that would be really a good thing to do. Like, it wasn't unsafe. 
It was it was fine. But my fear, I don't even know if it was my fear, but something about that moment held me back. And the whole time I was there, while these guys were, you know, my, all Porno and his mates were jumping off the rock, I was thinking to myself, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. But then the whole time I was there as well, I was justifying why I shouldn't do it. I went into the danger factor. Oh, oh, my clothes will get wet and I haven't got a change of clothes. Like a lot of my thinking went into why I wouldn't be doing this. And there was actually a little bit of sense of disappointment in myself because I didn't do it. Now, maybe if you're someone who's got a fear of heights, that might be a different story. You want to approach it differently, but I'm not. And that was one of those moments in my life where I had an opportunity to experience something that I don't normally do. You know, climbing up a rock, being scared, looking over the edge, that fearful feeling in your stomach, having the guts to take that step and jump off, and then feeling yourself fall through the air and and landing in cold, cold water, and then getting that sense of excitement that comes off when you, you you know you've done it. Like as I talk about it now, I wish I had. But in that moment, probably because of comfort and a little bit of fear, I didn't take it. And I think in life, all of us have opportunities, and it's not just extreme stuff. We all have opportunities to take that step towards experiences that develop us in ways that are possible. Like, have you ever been in a work environment where someone's asked, you know, can someone talk about something and, you know, everyone puts their head down because no one wants to be in front of people talking about things. You know, they say public speaking's the biggest fear. I'm not quite sure how, if that's true or not, but, you know, that that's, that's an opportunity presents itself and because most people are uncomfortable about it, they, f- they turn away from it. But imagine if in that moment you realised that this is an opportunity to have an experience in life and that you look at it and you go, well, I might be discomfort. There might be discomfort around it, but I'm going to do it. So you stand up and, and, you, and you, you, know, you feel a little nervous and really self-aware and then you start talking and, and, you know, and, and maybe by the end of it you, you say something you're really proud of and you do it in a way that's kind of dynamic and, and suddenly you say something and people laugh. Now, if you had shut your door to that experience you wouldn't have got the rewards of saying yes. And I wonder, would your life be better? I don't know if I can say would it be better, but do you think you're a more rich person if you were to stand up? Or do you think you'd be a more rich and rich person if you just stayed down and put your head down? Life presents us with a lot of amazing opportunities to have experiences that will expand us in ways that we never thought were possible. And if you do want to enrich enrich the experience of your time on this place, learning to see those experiences and learning to not shy away from them and to, to take a step towards those experiences, I believe will be really a massive step forward in you growing and, and developing yourself in ways that you and exposing yourself to things that you you know you know you never thought that you would you know ever do. I've got I've got um a book here which which I have to admit did influence me on this. Uh, Phil Keegan, Keegan Keegan I think it is um the guy who's on the Amazing Race. It's called um, No Opportunity Wasted Now, and um the guy who hosts the Amazing Race. Now, he's actually a New Zealander. He was born in New Zealand, and he, he was basically, when I was a kid, he was on TV over here, and eventually he went to America, and, uh, you know, the Amazing Race is a pretty successful show, so he's, he's a bit of a superstar nowadays. And this book was one of these, those books that really did influence me about this thinking, and, and this book's really, I suppose, put, you know, is today's message in a nutshell. It's it now is what the book's called, and it's No Opportunity Wasted, and he really talks about spending time you know enriching your life by having amazing experiences and he's done things like gone to the amazon and had you know foods that you wouldn't eat and and, you know in our western society we'd say well you shouldn't eat them because they're not safe but he's like man i'm living for experience he's got you know extreme risky stuff as well um exposing himself in ways that would he wouldn't normally do and and his his real kind of mission of this book is to get us 
to actually think about the concept of you know moving towards experience and it's just it's a bit of a quick wrap up of the book he's got a kind of a couple of things which I thought I'll quickly talk to um, some ideas on how you can move towards experience the first one he's got is the idea of facing your fear you know what is the thing that you're fearful of in life and maybe actually deciding to put some experiences into your life where you have to confront that fear now obviously if you're going to do that you need to do small steps you know like if you're afraid of snakes I wouldn't say go get an anaconda or you know chuck it over your neck straight away but you know there might be you know you go to a snake pit and just look at them and you know because to me that's life like I'm like we don't want to suppress that stuff in life we want to experience all types of emotions and maybe that's the thing about comfort is that with comfort we keep our emotional experience pretty much within a very small range. But when we think about experience, we experience all different types of emotions. Like, there's another example I'll give. Um, I did, uh, that same holiday actually, with my mate Porno, we went camping and um, water skiing, and I suck at water skiing, <laughs> like I'm really bad at it. And I'm normally the guy who kind of turns up and and kind of can pick up things straight away, especially on the physical. You know, my life is, you know, I'm a physical dude and I've kind of always been good at the physical. And I remember going water skiing and and, and so I went camping with Porno to Wanaka and, you know, it was pretty terrible. But then I went up to Kaiteri with another friend called Mark and we went water skiing as well. And now I knew I was pretty bad because I hadn't done it that first time. And then the second time when I went to Kaiteri, I knew that I was going to struggle. Now, I'll give a bit of an example of Kaiteria. Kaiteria is this beautiful little spot on the top of the, the South Island in, in New Zealand, and it's a very kind of camping beachside, very small township. Like, it only comes alive around the summer season, and they have this beachfront, which, you know, is not very long. It's probably about a K and a half long, and it, it gets thousands of people in summer. And you've got the swimming area, and then boats will go out and water ski. Now Mark came along and he, he my, my mate Mark, Marky Mark, he's an amazing water skier. So he kind of went along and he had a mate who had a boat there and he said, do you want to go water skiing? And Mark was like, yep, sweet. Mark went along and got on skis and went around a few times and he was pretty sharp. And Mark asked me, do you want to have a try? Now I knew I wasn't good at water skiing based on the fact that I'd done it with porno and I, and I wasn't so good. But I thought to myself, I need to move towards this experience. And you know what? I didn't pick it up. I still sucked at water skiing and I remember you know there's you know there's a couple thousand people on the beach there and I was thinking they're all looking at me because of the fact that I can't get up so I'm not in a very good place but actually and like yeah I didn't get up but actually I think I was better from that experience I think I was better to you know what to to experience what it's like to fail to experience a bit of disappointment in myself I actually don't think it's a bad thing for me to have in my life sometimes. And sometimes when it comes to fear, to move towards fear is actually a really empowering experience. One other thing, going back to, to Phil's book, um, Now, No Opportunity Wasted, he's got um, Get Lost, doing things like putting yourself in places you've never been and, and getting out of there, test your limits, trying to find your maximum efforts in, in certain areas so you might, like... Um, you know, do you like writing? Okay, well, what you need to do is for the next month, you have to write a thousand words a day. Test your limits on that. What would that experience be like if you had to commit to writing a thousand words a day? Um, leap of faith, that's where, you know, that's my probably the more extreme thing. He's got one here I really like, and it's rediscover your childhood. And you know, if, if we go back to my analogy a little bit earlier on, where, you know, in the teenage years you're all about exploring, but even if you go younger, children definitely do lead experience-rich lives. So think about that one. Shed your inhibitions and express yourself. Um, break new ground and then aiming for the heart is another one he's got there. And um, to be honest, I can't actually remember what he was talking about within those last couple of years, but there are some real examples of ways that you can look for opportunities for experience. If I am right, if I am right that a life where I lead is a life, at least in some component, is a life that has many amazing experiences. I wonder, do you think you're going to be an old person who will be telling stories, many plentiful stories, 
stories of experiences in, in many different ways that will be amazing for other people to listen to? Or will you be the person who kind of, as life goes on, you think, jeez, time really does speed up as you go through life because really you are just living in comfort and having the same habit over and over again. As you think about today's podcast, see those times where you've missed opportunity for experience and make a decision in your mind that next time those opportunities present themselves, you're going to move towards them. I truly believe that if you have that approach of I will move towards experiences, you will develop yourself in ways that you can't even see, that you don't even know right now. But when you do, you will be a much better version of yourself. Right, guys, so that's pretty much uh, this month's show done and dusted. I'm not sure if I'm going to get a PDF done for this one. It's it's uh, Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But to be honest, I'm not going to be getting it done very soon because I've got a really busy kind of period coming up. So the thing is, some people will find the show right here and now, and some people will find the show, you know, way in the future. So if you are listening to the show, and you may want to check out my website, bevanjamesisles.com, and look at show 20s, and I may have done some show notes around it. I think there is definitely a PDF to be created around this thinking, you know, looking at when in your past have you had opportunities for experience and, and why didn't you take those steps? You know, what was the thing that really held you back and then how can you shift your thinking towards A, seeing the opportunities that, for experience that life presents for you and actually moving towards those. I do think it's it's almost a bit of a frame set, mind frame set as well that it's actually, you know, for me, once I actually thought to myself, actually you know you have to move towards experience you know when those present you know, those opportunities present themselves it's almost like the affirmation comes up in my head and I go oh you're going to move towards this and and it's not that I don't feel the discomfort I definitely feel the discomfort and you know what I'm not a king of this you know I still you know like majority of people out there I live in comfort most of the time and, and to be honest I'll be honest about this moment in my life I'm I'm probably doing it too much right now I'm probably living in a place of, um, you know, where I need to actually kind of seek more growth through exposing myself to more different experiences. So this is definitely um, an appropriate subject for myself. So anyway, so if you again, if you want to check that out, you can go to my website and see if I've done some show notes, a, a PDF at least. If it will be there, it's, it's three dollars US. It's you know, it's nothing. Uh, well, it's not nothing, but it's it's bugger all. And, and I get a lot of good feedback on the PDFs. So if you don't want to check out any of the PDFs on, on all the other shows, I haven't produced one for every show. And, and to be honest, it's probably just because I've been busy around the show, the time that show was produced. But um, always check them out. And I, again, I do get really good feedback on those. I've had a few questions through this month. Uh, well, I've got a few questions, actually, and I do like your, your emails, so make sure you always send through to me. If you do want to send an email, the, probably the easiest way to do it is to go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com, and there's a web form there where you can just send me an email. Or you can, my email address is bevanjames at gmail, so if you want to send it there, that's cool. I, I try to respond within 24 hours. Admittedly, it's kind of getting busier as time goes on, so I, 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 I try to always respond, so I do my best. But I've had a couple emails this month around from people in the industry and the people in the fitness industry and I got one here from Tiffany uh, Case and it's just got um, she enjoys the show which is great because I love that and she was just saying that she started working in the fitness industry and as a personal trainer and she says she's a mature age personal trainer and I was wondering if you have any advice on getting my business started I've been working in the industry for a franchise however I prefer to work one-on-one can you suggest where I might access processes and marketing for personal trainer as I'm not a part of a franchise and I'm starting out on my own. Any help is appreciated. And then I got another email from, let me pull this up, it's here in front of me right now, and it's a guy called Paul Reynolds. Now Paul was asking, Paul was probably asking more specifically for some different types of workouts to make your, your stuff interesting for your clients. So he used to listen to my fitness behavior it was a fitness behavior, fitness forever with Ish that I used to do years ago, and uh, we used to do one show where we'd basically kind of create a fun workout every month, and, and he liked that, so he was wondering ideas around that. So I thought I'd start with 
Tiffany's question first. So it's really interesting. The fitness industry is, is for those of you who aren't, because I imagine most of you people listening to this aren't into the fitness industry and um, or aren't working in the fitness industry. I, I know there are a few listeners who work in the industry, which is really cool. And um, I appreciate the feedback I get on the show, but the fitness industry is a really funny industry. It's a it's a tough industry to make it in. It's a very passion-based industry. And when you get passion industries, you know, a lot of passionate people want to make it. And so these all these passionate people mean that it's a you know, it, there's a lot of competition, it's um it's 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 a tough industry to make money in, I'm not gonna lie. And for the amount of work we do and the kind of change we make in the world, we're pretty poorly paid in comparison to some other industries that, um, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm not having, I'm not complaining about the fitness industry, and to be honest, I, I do okay out of it. But I always think to myself, if you know, if I were to start again in the industry, knowing what I know now, where I see most personal trainers getting it wrong is that they don't develop their business side of how they do things, and. When we think about personal training in particular, personal training is a service industry role. Your job is to provide a professional, amazing customer experience that makes people feel cared for when you're with them, but also cared for when you're not with them. And so as you, if you kind of understand that that's the point you start from, and that you actually understand that for you to be great at what you do, you need to learn business then you need to start thinking around, well, what systems do I need to create in place that are going to make my customers feel amazing? And, you know, without me going into too much detail here because you know, I just don't have the time, but, you know, I think you need to do a couple of things. I think you need to look at top personal trainers and not necessarily what they're doing with their training, you know, because you actually find in the industry getting results isn't actually the hardest part. Getting results is, is generally quite easy if people are willing to pay the money and turn up every week most people will get results because them being there with you means they're doing the exercise you can add intensity you can add variety you can add things that are going to make them to adapt to their exercise so the results aren't necessarily the good the easiest part you know the knowing the knowledge of the movement and, and physiology and all that stuff's not necessarily the hardest part the hardest part is how do you build a database the hardest part is how do you make sure your customer experience is great and, and those types of things so there's a couple of approaches I would have is first of all look at some of the top personal trainers and don't look at what they're doing with the exercise they, they do and look at what are they doing when they spend time with their clients what customer service things do they have happening in the background and then how do you start to create that for yourself you know, how do you make sure that you have a system that, you know, once someone comes to see you, then they then get a phone call a week later from someone you may pay or originally it won't be that because you won't have the money, but, you know, someone who can ring them or it may even be you that's after that first session when you ring them, you say, hey, you know, I know that first session may have been hard. How are you actually feeling? It's that kind of stuff that gets your word of mouth up there. Then the second point I'd probably talk about, there's probably three points I'll talk to. So first of all, what creates an amazing customer experience? And then how can I create that from the start moving forward? And how do I make that as easy as possible on myself? You know, so how do I create a system that makes it easy and efficient for me to do those things well? As you progress and you start to make more money and you can charge more, well, then what you can do is then you can pay someone a lot less because, you know, a good personal trainer can charge, you know, depending on the market, but you might say $100 a a session. Well, you might be able to pay someone... $25 $25 admin who will do all that kind of stuff for you but you need to kind of do that early on yourself because you need to make money second area I would do is database building a database is one of the cheapest ways to get your marketing happening and and I'm going to talk a little bit about marketing in a second but so many people in the industry don't have databases and if you don't have a database it's, it's really hard to keep building because there's always a turnover of clients. So if you don't have a database, you're just not reaching out as many people as you can. And that's where things like blogs and, and you know podcasts and all those types of things and, and also just word of mouth and giving a reason to get people's contact details in a way that you can communicate with them that's not invasive, then when you do have a time slot available that you can put it, you can send out an email and people will know that it's there and they want to come along. Or you'll find that if you keep in contact with clients through your database, you might lose them. But then, like, there's a lady in Christchurch called Jean Scott who is one of the most professional personal trainers out there and she just nails this stuff. And she's been doing newsletters. Like, nowadays, it's obviously all on the internet, but she, she did newsletters forever. And 
people would have seen Jean 15 years ago and she still sends some newsletters. And the thing is, she gets those people back. You know, eventually people are going to want to come back to exercise and because Jean's looked after her database and she's communicated with them in a way that works, that, you know, eventually they're going to want a personal trainer so they just go to Jean. Or even if they don't, if they're going to recommend a personal trainer, who are they going to recommend? Someone who shows enough that they care to still invest in keeping that relationship strong. Then the third thing is is marketing. And, and in all businesses, marketing is such an important aspect of, of being successful. And so when we think about marketing as a sole trader or as a self-employed person, it's, it's really hard when you first start out. So you've got to think of how can I as cheaply as possible market myself now, I don't really do my personal training nowadays, but I did do it years ago. And when I did, first thing I did is, is I, A, I had no budget. But what I did is I paid, um, I was working at a gym at that time. And so I paid one of those kind of people who put posters up for bands around town to put posters up around my gym with a marketing slogan. And uh, I think, what was it? What a dream's made of, if not it's come true, was my slogan. I just put it there and then I put it inside the gym as well. So I had all these posters just saying, and I got people talking around what's happening at the gym. My friend, a good friend of mine called Chris kind of came up with this concept. And then we had a competition. So you want to run 10 free sessions with me and, you know, put your details here, put it in this box and so on. So I got a lot of lead generations from that. Now my lead generations from that were really, really good. And then I was able to then, you know, contact those people and see if they were interested in more sessions. And, you know, so things like that are ways of marketing yourself. And that's when you spend time, if you spend time developing yourself around business, you can learn ways to market very cheaply because as a sole trader, you just don't have that much time and money to market. So what's the most effective way that you can do it for the least amount of time and money? Now, as you go along, if you're successful at what you do, then you, you don't really need to market so much because your word of mouth and your database does that for you. But when you first start out, getting the word out there and making an impact. And I suppose, I don't want to talk too long, but I suppose the only last thing is, is know your market. You know, you're saying you're mature. Well, actually the mature market's a really great market because most people... 40 plus uh, coming into a time in their life where they have more money and they've kind of neglected their health for a long period of time and they're willing to invest in themselves again so if you are going to market to a certain market how do you talk to that market really well so that it actually um, makes it work for them so I hope that helps and then to the other question around designing workouts I think the thing around designing workouts is is to not necessarily is to, is to come in with some lead questions that are really about creating better thinking for you so you might say okay I've got a, I've got a group training session that has four people in it okay now what are the objectives of this session okay I want to make it fun I want to make it challenging and I want to make sure that they feel connected by the end of the workout so if those are the lead questions you start with, what are the objectives, then what ways can I make it fun? And and I often think that when it comes to designing sessions, it's just starting like that. So you might go, okay, well, I'm going to brainstorm all the ways that I can make it fun. So I can make a game where they have to build something and they've got to transport all this heavy equipment to another side and they have to get something to a certain height and they have to get in a certain time and if they don't they have to do press-ups so it's encouraging them to work together they'll probably have a bit of a laugh along the way but it also will be challenging because if you set the parameters up right you know to do it in that time will be a bit of a push and and for me I think it's more about what questions do you ask yourself that will then flow with with the creativity and if you take that to the next level so okay okay well the first objective was to make it fun um, challenging and create social connection and, and then go, okay, well, how can I make it fun? But then you go, how can I make it fun based on time? Or how can I make it fun based on one of the persons having to do something silly? Or how can I make it fun based on them pretending to be teams that have to work against each other and, and, and you know, and you, you know how would that work? You know, you could look at things like they have to name their team and, and like the pirates versus, I don't know, the, the zombies and stuff like that. Like I know that sounds really crazy, but to me, when you start with those great lead questions, our mind will come up with really great creative solutions. So for the question around designing great workouts or fun and interesting workouts, it's more what questions do you start from? What's the objective? And then how can I do that? And you'll find your mind will come up with many, many great, experience, great answers. 
hope that helps. Uh, I think you kind of really wanted me to kind of say, here, do this workout. But I think, you know, you'll probably have those answers within yourself. Anyway, for those of you who aren't in the fitness industry, sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, I'm actually, I'm back in my room. And it's actually, because I started the show last night at 10 o'clock at night. And I've only just finished it now. And it's actually now Saturday night. And it's 6.30 at night. And I'm, I'm again looking across the room in the apartment across from me. And I'm just wrapping up the show now. So, But I'm actually going to go have a new experience. I'm going to go see some, they've got a um, comedy festival happening in New Zealand right now. It's kind of a yearly event. And uh, there's a TV program in New Zealand called Seven Days, and it's um, a bunch of comedians talking about topics of the week from the news, and it's, it's a really fun TV program. And so they've got a live performance happening tonight up the road, and I'm kind of in my hotel room by myself, thinking, "Oh, I'm not really doing much." And, and you know, as I speak of experience, I thought, "Well, bugger it, I'll go and do see that tonight." So I'm going to go along and watch that show, and hopefully, it's very entertaining. And yeah, so. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much me for this month. If you guys have any questions, again, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. And uh, I just want to say thank you once again for everybody who's put some iTunes feedback on there. And, uh, yeah, keep spreading the word around what I'm doing. And, yeah, oh, I will say quickly, I'm really excited about next month's show. Next month's show is um, one where I'm, I've been putting a lot of work in already to this point, And I'm going to put a lot of work over the next month to get it right because... I read a book recently that had a point in it that was pretty massive and around a certain type of personality. And it got me really thinking around a certain type of personality being great for leading a great life. And it got me wondering, is it possible to be able to incorporate some of the behaviours of that personality into more people's lives so that we can get the benefit that this book talked about? So... I've just done a teaser, haven't I? I've teased you for the next month's show. So hopefully you'll tune in next month. And uh, yeah, anyway, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for spreading the word. And I'll see you same time, same place next month.